0: Welcome to the Grace Avenue Church podcast, where we believe that the grace of God is yours to live. It is our prayer that this message will help you experience God's freedom, live your potential, and make the impact you were created for. Now here's the message. Good morning, Grace Avenue Church. Great to be with you this morning. Hey, I want to jump into the message I'm excited to preach to you this morning. I want to talk about two keywords that I want you to really think about, especially in this particular week that we're in here uh, this year. And I want you to think about the entirety of this year and how it's affected your life. And i to give you these two words, time and seasons. Time and seasons. Uh, I want you to think about that in relation to your life. I want you to think about it in relation to our church. I want you to think about time and seasons in regard to the redemptive plan of God, all of Christianity, the, the big, large plan of God that He's working out through history and prophetically throughout the scriptures. Think of times and think of seasons. Uh, and I want you to think about that, and in, in maybe even in a new way today, uh, because when we hear the words time and we hear the word seasons, we tend to think of those words from our own framework of understanding what we understand about time, and what we understand about seasons. And we tend to think of those words uh, in the way our experiences have played out in life. Um, We understand time, how time has worked in the past, and how time is affecting us in the present, and how time will impact us in the future. And in seasons, we tend to think of, a lot of times, the context of weather and how seasons change and how seasons affect us. And we wear different clothing for different seasons. So I'm giving you just kind of a broad perspective there as I jump into this because life works in times and it works in seasons. Uh, God's plan throughout scripture, historically, prophetically has always worked in time and it's always worked in and through seasons. Uh, God chose to work out, time and seasons in such a way that Jesus would come at a specific time, that, that specific things would happen in his life in particular seasons. And we're on, in that same time frame of living out in God's timetable what's going on in our life, what our purpose is, what our destiny is. And um, generally, our, our first response to seasons is when we don't like it and it's uncomfortable, we tend to say, well, how do we get out of this? How do I get out of this uncomfortable season uh, when we're in a time uh, or, or a space of time where maybe we're experiencing sadness or, or loneliness and we don't like it? We, we try to figure out a way how we can escape that and, and get to a place of happiness and, and entertainment or joy. Uh, when we're in a, in a position or, or an environment or a place, maybe a job we don't like or, or a season, a state of, of, of life that we don't like, one of the first things that we're trying to figure out is how do we escape that state of being? How do we escape that state of life? How do we move fast forward out of what we're dealing with and into uh, something that's not what we're currently experiencing? Whenever there's a, a stressful, uncomfortable, difficult season, maybe a season that we hate, a, a job that you hate, you wish you could get out of. What do we tend to think of? We tend to think, how do we hit the fast forward button and get out of this? How do we move beyond this? And we have to think bigger than just what we're experiencing if we're going to see what God is doing in times and in seasons in our life. Uh, Seasons should really work like mile markers in our life. We should be able to draw upon the mile markers that we've had in life and see what did God do at this time? What came out of that? When I went through this difficult time, what did God produce in me? What did God do in my relationship with Him? What did God show me about myself? What did that season or that time produce in my life? Um, Because if we don't learn to see the big picture, then all we do is react to seasons instead of respond to them accordingly. And that's really where I want to go today. I want to, I want to ask you if in this particular time, this season, with what's going on in America, what's going on in our church, what's going on in your life, what's going on in your finances, are you reacting or are you responding? Are you responding to maybe what God is trying to show you? Or are you just reacting to the season because it's uncomfortable. Maybe it's something that you don't like. I'm hearing this a lot right now. People are really struggling with this particular season the climate, the political climate, the pandemic stuff, everything that's going on, work related, travel related, masks, uh, you know, places they can go, places they can't go, things they can plan, things they can't plan. Every, everybody's if experiencing that same thing. But here's the question Are we all reacting? Or as Christians, are we responding? Are we responding to maybe what the Holy Spirit is trying to show us in this particular time? See, when we, when we think of our own lives and time and seasons, we tend to think of things very one-dimensionally. I either like it or I don't. Uh, This is either a good season or it's a bad season. This is a season where I'm comfortable or I'm uncomfortable. This is a job I like or it's a job I don't like. Uh, My marriage is good or my marriage is not good. My finances are good or my finances are not good. Uh, I like who the president is or I don't like who the president is. I like the state of the country or I don't like the state of the country. We're all reacting to what we see, what we're experiencing. But the deeper level as a Christian, is to look at times and to look at seasons and have an appropriate response. To almost have, if you would, prophetic eyes to see what God may be doing in your life, in your child's life, in your marriage, in your family. What we tend to do is when we don't like a season, what we do as humans is we kind of take God's creation, the largeness of the season, the things that we're seeing and experiencing, the times and the seasons, and the, the eternal redemptive plan of God, the historical plan of God, everything God's been doing since time began, everything God's been doing since it was prophesied Jesus would come, and then everything that's happened since Jesus has come, and we tend to take all that and we just condense it into a season in and a state of, I like this or I don't. I like what's going on or I don't like what's going on. And many times we miss the larger picture of what God is doing, the larger picture of what God may be trying to show us about himself or about life. You know, so many of the challenges that I help people with in life, uh, in ministry over the last X amount of years, um, a lot of it has to do with people making hasty, frustrated, emotional decisions, stressed out, impulsive decisions, and then having to live out the harvest of the consequences from that particular time or season that they were in. Uh, Wonderful people that made hasty decisions. Wonderful people that made quick, rash, emotional decisions. So in a a season, in a time where Maybe they could have waited and responded. Instead, they reacted. And because they reacted, their reaction brings a harvest of consequences. And those consequences bring more seasons and more time of, I don't like this. I don't like where I'm at. But when you backtrack it, it came from a time or a season maybe where people made decisions out of a reaction rather than a, a calculated, prayerful, thoughtful response response to the time or season that they were in. Are you following me? I hope this isn't too deep this morning, but I want us to think about with everything going on, especially with what we'll see this week, um, election time and election season always tends to uh, sadly, in my opinion, get Christians off of the large picture of what God is doing. God has historically always worked in and through times, seasons, Kings, authorities, countries, nations, nations, People, saved, unsaved, worked through things and people, his redemptive plan, and many times people missed it because all they were looking for was what they were looking for. They did this in Jesus' time as well. They were thinking Jesus was going to bring political reform to the time and the season that they were in, and that's not what he came to do. That's not what he came to do then. In fact, he didn't even address much of what people thought he was going to address. And he didn't live up to the expectations. And because he didn't live up to those expectations, many people reacted to him in a way where they missed his purpose. They missed his plan. They missed his reasoning for what was going on in the time and the season. And as a church, guys, we can't do that. We can't be the church that is just caught up in the news of the mass media And not be thinking and seeking God for what this time is actually about. As married couples, as a church, as as people, as individuals. We tend to judge seasons based on how they're affecting us. But the bigger picture is to look at what their purpose is. To look at what the purpose of the season is. To try and discern through prayer, through the natural things that we see going on. God, what are you doing? What is happening in this time? How does this relate to Scripture? How does this relate to your prophecy? How does this relate to uh, your character, God? What does the Word say about time and about seasons? Um, in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, Jesus says this, The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe the good news. So Jesus refers to time, a specific time. In other words, any time could have come, but it wasn't supposed to. It was just that specific time that Jesus wanted to address, which means time is important. Time plays into God's plan. Time plays into God's purpose. Time is not gone from God. Time is planned by God. And Jesus said this, the time has come. Right now, in that moment, he knew what that appointed time was. In John chapter 2, verse 4, we see that Mary tries to involve Jesus in a situation where he could public, publicly work a miracle and, and turn water into wine. And Jesus says, Why are you involving me in this? My hour has not yet come. So Jesus, again, is referring to time. He's not just reacting to what's going on, he's recognizing an hour that is or is not happening, that should or should not be happening. Um, a few chapters later in John chapter 7, he says again to his brothers, he says this to his brothers, my time has not yet come. And This is when his brothers were trying to push him into the public to get Jesus to make a name for himself, to get people to, to like him, to win more followers, uh, to get more people to uh, to know who he is and recognize his name. He says this again. My time is not yet come. It's not fully come. And then it says this. After this, he remained in Galilee. After this, Jesus remained. In other words, he stayed. In other words, he waited. Here in this chapter, Jesus shows us that he's not on someone else's timeline. Instead, he's living in and from this prophetic understanding of time that he knows that there's something bigger at work, that just because he's living in this season and experiencing all these things around him, that he's not limited by time, that he's not living according to that time, he's living for an appointed time, a purpose, purposeful time. So for Jesus, waiting is in God's perfect plan. Waiting is not a bad thing. Jesus shows us that there's power and there's purpose in waiting. He wasn't just willing to just, at the drop of a hat, just move according to what anybody else would think that he should do, including family, including friends, inc- including cultural pressures, political pressures, agendas, what people think he should say, what he, they think he shouldn't say. None of that was important to him. What was important to him was doing the will of God the Father, church. That's our responsibility as well. For us to respond to these times, and this season, knowing the will of God the Father. Uh, this is something that I think I've been able to get better at over the years, um, especially through this pandemic. I've learned how to not respond to pressures, challenges, unnecessary things just for the sake of being uncomfortable or being not being busy. Uh, in fact, that's part of the reason we haven't gone back to services. There was a There was a time where we we could have, we felt it was time, not yet time for us to go back. Uh, We prayed about that. We considered that. And when we finally did decide to go back, the time was actually time for us to move out of our old building. So we had to move into a new building. So that delayed us even more. Now we're in the new building. I'm actually recording from the new building today. However, there's been a delay of a couple of weeks trying to extend this to, to, we got to get floors done and permits achieved and we're almost there. But... There's a perfect time that God has, and I've just learned over time how to live in that perfect time. Jesus didn't live in anxiousness about time. He didn't live in pressures or expectations about time. He didn't live under other people's uh, idea of what their demands were or what their agendas were, their political demands, their emotional demands, their cultural demands, he didn't live according to circumstances. In fact, Jesus, in many ways, was culturally offensive and not manipulated by people because he wouldn't move according to the way people thought he should move, do things when he, the way they thought he should do them, or when he should do them, or why he should do them. Instead, he lived opposite of that, only wanting to do the will of God the Father. And that's that's kind of a big big net I just cast to give you a large understanding of time. But I'm saying that because we generally don't refer to time when we're talking about time in the prophetic sense, as Jesus was doing here in these passages I just read. In fact, we just tend to think of seasons and time and how it works with us. But here's what's important. Our spiritual growth as Christians, how we grow and learn to follow God, and learn how to be uh, spiritually mature, how we're sanctified, that happens through seasons. It doesn't just happen overnight. In fact, even in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, Jesus tells us, tells us about Jesus that he grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God in favor with man. In other words, Jesus had a starting point and he grew in wisdom. He grew in stature and in height and in, in getting older. And then he grew in favor with God and he grew in favor with man. So Jesus himself was not rushed into his own purpose. Instead, Jesus grew methodically, prophetically, spiritually over time. This is how your kids are growing. This is how your marriage is growing. This is how your business is growing. This is how the pressures that you're facing right now and the challenges and the circumstances that you're seeing, you're asking, what's the answer? Well, you may not have the answer for another five years. You may have to live through this time in this season to understand that God is doing something bigger and broader than maybe what this time in this season is allowing you to see. For us, it'd just be much easier to us if we would just know the answer now. But I found that even when we know the answers, we're not always happy with them. If God were to show us the reason why he would be delaying things or why things aren't going our way, we may come to recognize some things that we don't want to recognize. and We may have to recognize that God's timetable and God's plan is not to work everything in my life so that it makes me happy, but more so so that it fits my purpose of why I'm on this earth, of why God created me, of what plans he has for me. In my family, see, God divides our natural life into on Earth into seasons. Right, winter, spring, summer, fall. There's four seasons of life. We we see that we're experiencing whatever a Texas winter might be, which could be 90 degrees today, 50 degrees tomorrow. But nevertheless, we get some semblance of of, of seasons, some understanding of seasons. But each of the four seasons that we see in the natural. It's, it's marked by particular weather patterns. We see this as the definition of seasons, that it's marked by particular weather patterns and daylight hours, and it results from the earth's changing position regarding the sun. So, we understand this. This is how seasons work. Well, in that natural picture, God gives us some insight into understanding that life is not just one season only, but life is divided up into different seasons and different times. Just as the natural earth is divided up into different seasons, so is our life. If you look back on your life, you can recognize particular seasons and times. They're marked. There are certain times you were happy or happier or sad. You experienced these things, times where you were growing, th- times where you were going through things that, that were uncomfortable or that would stretch you. Those are natural pictures of what was going on in our life. And we understand that no season lasts forever. No matter how great the summer was, summer eventually ends. No matter how great Christmas is, Christmas doesn't last forever. Even though it, as we get older, we keep seeing, we, we keep, it seems we keep trying to extend Christmas a little bit earlier. Every time we have Christmas, We we extend it right after Thanksgiving. Maybe some of us, because of this year, are going to try and make Christmas happen right now in the last part of October. But nevertheless, In the same way, no matter how bad a particular season is, bad doesn't last forever. Difficult doesn't last forever. No matter how painful seasons are, some of the most painful things I've been through, they don't last forever. I can draw back to certain times and seasons and recognize what took place at that time. I can look back and still feel pain, but I'm not living in the same pain that I was in. I can look back and experience what happened, but I'm not living in that same time. I moved on, and now I can see and ask God, what has taken place? What was produced in me? What happened? See, the first time seasons is mentioned in the Bible is Genesis chapter 1, verse 14. It says, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. From the very beginning, God was marking seasons as something that we should measure, we should take notice of. And then in Ecclesiastes, Solomon mentions the purpose of seasons. He says, For everything, there's a season, there's a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant a time to pluck out what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal a time to break down and a time to build up a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing a time to seek and a time to lose a time to keep and a time to cast away. Excuse me, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love, a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. Solomon's mentioning in this passage so much about the purpose of time and the purpose of seasons, through every seasons. So here's where I'm going with that. If every season, every time in my life has purpose in God, then I want to be someone who can discern what the season is and respond to it accordingly, not simply experience the season and react to it. Does that make sense? I don't want to be a person who just recognizes what's going on in the season and reacts to it. Oh, there's there's pressure in my marriage. I'm just going to react. No, I want to respond to that according to the word, according to what the Holy Spirit is showing me, according to the patience God is trying to develop me in me, the thing God's trying to do in me, when my kids are going through something, when our church is going through something. If, if we just spend all of our life reacting to everything, we'll miss the purpose and the plan of God. We'll miss the appointed time where God was trying to teach us something in the natural. We didn't discern it. We didn't spiritually discern what God was doing. You know, in the natural, we just go outside and, and we just feel the effects of the, of the season. We can feel the heat, we can feel the cold, and then we discern what that is, and then we dress accordingly for that season. It's the same way, may I submit to you, it's the same way, spiritually, that we experience things happening in life, difficult times, good times, stretching times, challenging times, hurtful times. We go through these things. But our response should be the same way we discern what's going on and then we put on the proper response according to the Holy Spirit as he guides us through that season. We respond to it it accordingly. Some people, their first reaction is just to react. Come on, we all have that. Everybody has a trigger for something. But to be mature, we have to learn how to let those triggers Be under the submission and the surrender of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, we're not living by the Spirit, like it talks about in Galatians. We're not keeping in step with the Spirit. We're just living carnally by the flesh, reacting to things we like and don't like, and we're missing God's purpose. So much of the New Testament lends itself to teaching us how to respond to times and seasons that we find ourselves in. You see this, it says, Be sober minded. What is the opposite of being sober-minded? I would say probably um, having a mind that's just given to anything and everything emotionally. Whatever we hear, we just react to it. Whatever we see on the news, we just react to it. Whatever we see somebody say or see somebody do, we just react to it. Instead of being sober-minded in the moment about what God is saying and what God is doing. It tells us to be alert. In other words, not distracted by the uncomfortable. To be alert, instead of just saying, this is uncomfortable, this is a tough season, to be alert and say, what is God doing in me in this season? What is God doing in our church? It says to be vigilant. In other words, not weary and beat down from the season. Many of you may feel weary and beat down in this season. The word of the Lord to you is to be vigilant, to put your shoulders back, to allow God to heal you, to allow God to strengthen you in this season and ask Ask the Lord, what are you trying to show me in this season? What do you want to show me about my marriage? What do you want to show me about life, about our finances? It talks, it talks about being self-controlled. That's about being controlled by the Spirit of God, not by the circumstances. You can only go so far in life if you're controlled by your circumstances. If circumstances dictate the state of your mind and the state of your spirit, You'll always live victim to your circumstances. But if you live victoriously by God's Spirit, in other words, lean into the season and respond to it accordingly, you'll see the fruit of maturity born into your life. You'll be able to handle things differently. Galatians 5, closing with this, Galatians 5 says that the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. It talks about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, patience. Uh, goodness, faithfulness, kindness, self-control. These are the things that The fruit of the Spirit produces in us as Christians. You know, a lot of people say, just be kind. Well, a lot of people can't be kind because they don't have the Holy Spirit. (laughs) They don't have the fruit of the Spirit being born into them. So we're asking people to do something that's generally kind of kind, but it's not the true kindness that is produced by the Holy Spirit. We have to see beyond even the words that we use today. Be kind. Uh, That's nice, but that doesn't mean it's Holy Spirit-produced kindness. The fruit of the Holy Spirit, Galatians 5, is spirit-produced fruit that can only come if the root of our life is connected to God. The fruit of God's spirit is self-control, a sound mind. How do we get that? Time in the presence of God. Time spent seeking God. Time spent wondering, seeking after, going after, pursuing what God may be doing in a season rather than just reacting to the season that we're in. So let me ask you this. As a Holy Spirit filled believer in this season, what is God showing you about this time in this year? What is God showing you about this season of your life? What is God showing you about our church that you're a part of, that you're a part of the family here? What's God showing you about this season in America and the culture and the climate and what you see and how that relates to scripture? And the redemptive plan of God. You know, you look at scripture, you look at the New Testament, you start to read what God says people will become, what culture will be like. You shouldn't be surprised by what you're seeing when you turn on the news. It's in your Bible. It's in the Word. We should be able to give our children answers and our friends and and people answers as to, God said this. God has shown us that without Him, this is what the world will become like. People will become more selfish. People will become more hateful. People will become more perverted. People will become more lustful. People will, it says, even go towards the degree of finding preachers who preach the word so that it makes them feel good more than helps them become more like Christ. Come on. Is there anything more than our, our phone where we can block out the preachers that we don't want to hear and listen to the preachers that we do want to hear, ones that make us feel what we want to feel and, and make us experience and love the value of what the culture says is right versus what God's word said is right. It's never been easier than right now. We have to know the times and the seasons that we're living in. What season are you in? As I close today, what season are you in? Are you in a winter season? Maybe it's tough. Maybe it's maybe it feels cold. Maybe it's dark. Maybe there's not a lot of growth happening in your life. Are you in a season that's more like spring? Maybe, maybe this has affected you differently in some areas of your life. Maybe things are springing forth, new hope, new possibilities, new opportunities, new things that you see God is doing? Are you in a season that's more like summer where you can enjoy what God has done and prepare for the upcoming season of growth that's coming? Is it more like a fall season where old things are falling off like old leaves fall off a tree and new dreams can start to launch? New things are happening. What I'm trying to get to you today and get into your heart is not to give up in a season that might feel like winter, but you miss your spring because all you can see is what's happening around you. All you can see is what's happening in your finances. All you can see is what's happening in your health or in your marriage or in your loneliness or in your relationship. If if you just reduce your life down to what you see now, you could miss the, the bigger purpose for what God is trying to do. You know, when you look at a tree, the tree, the same tree looks different, uh, in different seasons. You know, all the leaves fall off it. It's the same tree as when the leaves will be born and grow, it's, you know, three months from now, six months from now. Same tree, but it looks different in different seasons. It's the same about our lives. We go through things. And if you catch snapshots of my life, there's times where you look at my life and what I'm experiencing, what I'm walking through, and you could say, is there any hope for this guy? Is there any hope? Look at look at what he's dealing with. Look at what he's facing. Look at the state of his his mind, his spirit, his heart, his countenance. Look at where he's at. There's no hope for this guy. But when you outlast that season and you respond to the purpose of God, you lean into God's goodness. You lean into God when he's your only hope then a new strength comes, a new vitality comes. And you can outlast the season that came against you or worked to destroy you. Are you in a season of growth? Or are you in a season of stretching or challenge? Are you in a season of abundance, of prosperity? Are you in a season of heartache or turmoil? Is it a season of faith and risk? Is it a season of disobedience? Maybe you, more than anybody, know you're not living your life seeking God first. Maybe it's what the culture tells you first. Maybe it's what your own flesh tells you should be first. Maybe it's what your own mind or feelings tell you first. Maybe it's what other people tell you should be first. Jesus had a lot of people whispering in his ear. Is it a season of searching and pursuit and hunger for God? See, God already knows where you are, but do you know where you are? God knows where you are in the season, but do you know where you are in the season? M- mature Christianity is not living a life continually reacting to seasons. It's discerning the season and responding to it in faith. How are you responding in this season to what's been happening? How have you been reacting to what's happening? I want to pray for you this morning as we close. I want to pray that God would give you the proper response in this season about your life towards the state of your own spirit, your own mind, towards your church, towards your church family, in dealings with your finances and your job and the pressures that everybody's experiencing, the individual pressures that you're experiencing that maybe you don't feel people would have a a full understanding of, look, we we won't fully understand one another's pressures and challenges. We can only listen to one another and pray for one another. You know, what, what, what you may be going through is different than what someone else is going through, but nevertheless, there are still pressures and we want to respond accordingly. So let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you that you're an eternal God, a sovereign God and a holy God. And and, and even in this moment where we are experiencing challenges and pressures that maybe we don't fully understand. Lord, I pray that you would develop in us the proper spirit-led response, not just an emotional or fleshly reaction to what we see happening, not just the reactionary state of living because of our, our kids and our finances and our job and society and culture and elections and politics, Lord, but that we would have a proper response to see that you historically and prophetically have always worked in and through the difficulties and the challenges and the adversities of life. Lord God grant us a greater grace and a greater strength today, right now in this moment to not just cope, but to thrive and see your hand work in and through this season. Lord, I pray for the Grace Avenue family right now, that as we are making our way to come back to services in person, God, that even some of the pressures that we're experiencing as a church, God, that you would be with us in the midst of those challenges. God, that you'd bring provision into the lives of your people, financial provision, healing, wholeness, help open doors, God, in this new season. Lord, would you help people respond? In your name we pray. Amen. Church family, I love you. Thank you so much for being with me today. I'll be praying for you. We'll be giving you more details soon, obviously, as just keep watching our website and social media as we move forward towards what's happening in church life. I'm excited whether you'll be online watching or whether you'll be back in person in services. We're going to do our best to to feed you, lead you, love you, guard this flock, and see God do something great in your life. We're believing good things for this holiday season in spite of what we see on the news. God is good. Life may be hard, but God is good. We love you. God bless. Have a great afternoon. If you would like the most up-to-date information about Grace Avenue Church, or you are looking for a way to support this ministry, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening.